2: now
4: All right, all right, folks, welcome to Nino's Corner dot TV. I'm joined with a good friend of mine, uh, Jim Caviezel, who is starring in the movie The Sound of Freedom. He's playing Tim Ballard. But before we get into the movie, folks, Tito with Nino, baby, America's motivation for fitness has never been higher than this summer. A shocking 42% of Americans have stated they want a beach body, not a beach whale many of whom are switching to the keto diet to reach these health goals. To help reach those goals, I highly recommend taking this amazing keto powder, folks. It's one of the most popular keto supplements on the market because it helps gives you benefits of elevated ketones even without following a highly restrictive keto diet, which means you don't have to eliminate carbs. It's it's specifically formulated to help boost metabolism, control appetite, and heighten energy levels, folks. Try today and get 51% off plus several uh, uh, other free bonuses. Order today by going to Keto with Nino. And, folks, you don't want to miss this. You want to get your beach body. Oh, Jim, great to see you again, brother, man. You look amazing. How are you? Yeah, I like your shirt. Why would you put my name on your shirt? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was like, ah, win in Rome. Uh Oh, man. Jim, so... Earlier this year, I told you to watch that movie Nefarious. I think these two movies, The Sound of Freedom and Nefarious, are going to be the one-two punch to this establishment. Um, you you saw the movie Nefarious, correct? I was just with the writers last night. Uh, the
5: writers, directors, the whole guys that made the whole movie happen last night. The, I saw it three... Because of your recommendation, you said it was the best film you saw in 10 years. I would absolutely... I agree with you. It was one of the best that I've seen in 10 years for sure. But, um, you know, it, it, uh, I saw it in th- three times in five days. So, um, I reached out to the creators of it and we're talking, talking good stuff. Um, and, uh, but I, people got to see this thing and not enough people saw it. It was one of those movies that, you know, I remember Seen a movie with christopher walken in it i and M- martin sheen i it was one of those anyway it was a movie that when i saw it on hbo 1985 or something said how did i miss this one this is incredible film yeah um and uh and and nefarious is something that uh uh again um after i saw it the first time, I immediately went back the following day, and then I um, just wanted to see the level of execution in the writing. The actor is just off the charts.
4: I mean, would you think of the the guy that incredible? The dialogue yeah. through the whole movie is just superb, it's second to none. I mean, I, I would. I think yeah. the two most important movies this year is absolutely The Sound of Freedom and Nefarious. I think those two go hand in hand. Like it's a one-two punch, knockout yeah. blow to the establishment.
5: Yeah, you saw it. I tell the folks at home uh you 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 saw one of the earlier um cuts of sound of freedom and, and even you know
4: now it's you know in a whole nother world so when you see it you'll notice how when i saw it i i, I just remember it uh really striking a nerve with everybody in the audience i was looking around the, the movie theater to see people's reactions and expressions and stuff like that I, I many people were crying i mean dude, it's a it's a it's disturbing in many senses but um people have got to see this uh it's the reality of our world that we live in and um i think you did a remarkable job brother to uh, play this role you you are an incredible actor and um Thank you. I got. I got to say, you know, I, I wanted to know. You know, just like I met you the very first time I met you, Jim, in San Clemente. It was years back, fifteen years ago, or over fifteen years ago. I think we've been friends long, longer than that. But I, I remember you showed up with. Uh, uh, I think it was your assistant. Uh, he was a, a sports uh, Tony. Tony, yeah, Tony, and uh, I remember he told me he was bringing you and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. it would be nice to meet the guy. And the only, the only curiosity I had with you was, um, did you believe in the guy, the man that you played? And that was really my first question to you. And I think that kind of threw you off. Am I right? Well, because, you know, when I met you, you were kind
5: of really cocky <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> think that you would have that kind of substance, you know, right? Yeah. Um, you do. Uh, absolutely. You did then. But um, I was sh- sh- uh, through me because I didn't think that'd be the first question you'd ask me.
4: Interesting. I remember how surreal it was. I mean, we and folks, you got to remember, I'm sitting with Jim Caviezel in this really nice restaurant. We have, there's candlelight, right? He's across from me. He, there's a loaf of bread in the middle of the table. He has a glass of wine. I have a glass of wine. And I was like, okay, this is a, this is the most surreal thing I've ever been through. I'm sitting with Jesus having a glass of wine and a loaf of bread here. It was an amazing time. And I, I really say, like, I can I can actually speak on your character. Uh, I've known you for a very long time. I couldn't think of anyone better to play that role and to play this role now in The Sound of Freedom, to be honest with you, Jim. Thank you,
5: David. And it's been wonderful to see your journey as well you know going through your your life at the time you know they had you up there to be probably heavyweight champion of the world and you know god had his hand on you and what you were going to go through and you know you you, uh you amazed me you know how you turn your life around um you know the the faith is, is like a a new, something hotter than a nuclear engine and most people work on the mental and physical but they don't work on the spirit side of the of your engine which you know even in the late rounds and you're sitting there thinking can i go any further you know and it's that uh, um engine that has always driven me and i thought that you know you probably have something like that as well
4: Jim, you know, you consistently take these roles, you know, that in in Hollywood that go against any kind of norm in Hollywood. In fact, most of the roles you play are highly controversial and go against the Hollywood liberal ideology and narrative. And you get persecuted for these roles. My question is, and and pretty, pretty much everybody in my audience wants to know why. Why do you take these roles? Why do you take this upon yourself to take such hard, difficult, controversial roles, at least controversial roles, in, in liberal Hollywood. Why do you take these roles on? Why do you take them head on? Well, let's
5: just start like from reading the Bible, you know, um, growing up and reading it. And I was just reading John the Baptist, you know, and, you know, eating locust and honey and being out in the desert. And then somebody obviously came upon him at one point and then the crowds amassed and the world, at that time, uh, the leaders of the church had to come by and see what he was about because they were losing their audience. And he just, he loved God. He lived on every word of God and, and our Lord um, from heaven. Um, it really gave him a full understanding of who he was and he wanted to tell everybody of, of you know, this Jesus that was the God that was coming. And um, and he was extremely controversial, but love is extremely controversial at, at its real form. I mean, think about love these these days. You know, when you go into a, um, uh, if you were to go into a strip joint you see the strippers and everything, the, and some guys are like, "Yeah, I don't want love. I just want lust." You know, okay. How, how do you feel afterwards? You feel full? No, you're empty, and emptiness. Um, I had that chance to do the, the uh, stuff that was not really edifying. Um, I mean, I love making films when we made The Count of Monte Cristo. That was a great film. But they wanted to take ab- out uh, God in the script, and they did. And think of that. If you—if any of your uh, fans have seen that film, if you haven't seen it, run out and see that one. Um,
4: one of the best
5: But it was going to be instead of God will give me justice of Edmund Dantes in a prison cell, you know, uh, for years trying to have hope. You know, it was probably something like you know they changed it to you know find it in yourself. (laughs) What's that? (laughs)
4: That's incredible. Yeah.
5: So that's kind of.
4: Do you mind, Jim, if we can just touch on the Passion of the Christ just for a second before we go into the sound of freedom? I want to just talk about. A lot of people don't know of the trials and tribulations and uh, near-death experiences you suffered on, uh, on the cross. Uh, you were struck by lightning, correct? I wasn't. I wasn't on the cross when I
5: was struck by lightning, but I suffered tremendously on the cross because my makeup times were from two in the morning till ten, and then from ten thirty to four thirty. Uh, I was freezing, um, and then um when i got back i had to, off the cross they there was just a lot of series of things that had to do um and then um i had to learn the aramaic hebrew the latin and then i'd go to sleep and a long night's sleep for me was three hours and i'd get up and i'd begin the process again and so i would um, i would sleep standing up they would tie me to these two poles and my uh, i'd sit in a a, a cross in the middle they had a, a um a, a bike seat where you like a, a bicycle seat and then i would sit on that and then they would attach all the the makeup um to me and this was a processing that um they had not they, i was the experiment so it burned my skin a lot and then i'd be out there at 10 from 10 30 to 4 30 again but i wasn't recuperating and the hypothermia was getting to me and eventually I got a virus and and then I got pneumonia in both lungs <clears throat> and then um I had separated my left shoulder so when they tie you up there the every time the wind would hit the cross my shoulder would come out and then um but they would try to shoot other stuff and uh kind of use that as uh, kind of give me a couple of days uh, you know, a day or something a break to um mm-hmm get some extra rest um but learning the aramaic i mean you know it's a completely different vernacular the and it's not just getting the Aramaic; it's the accent and how it flows out of your mouth it's very very difficult um then you're, on you're, the not, a,
4: you're not a method actor though are you i i don't i don't recall you telling me that you're a method actor are you well
5: i probably am as far as you know i went to mass every day i had the I had the Eucharist every day. I got the um I prayed the rosary every day. I, I always did, stayed in the rosary cuz it
4: You still do that today though, don't you? I mean, you see, you pray the rosary every week at least, right? I I'm assuming. Pretty much every day,
5: you know, okay. but it, but again again that goes back to my the engine, which is your the fire that drives you that that keeps you in a direction of um you know, let's call it sin. It is to keep you uh, away from it, but to keep you in a positive uh, light towards walking towards God for for, um, freedom, you know? Um, You know, I've been around a lot of wealthy, wealthy people, um, and uh, I would have made a lot more money had I not done the Passion, but I wouldn't have
4: been happier, you see. Can you discuss that for a second when you say you would have made a lot more money if you had not done the Passion? I don't think there's any role that even comes close to that role. I mean, that is the epic, most uh, yeah. pivotal role career, of your career. But when you say, like, you didn't play ball, you, you didn't play ball with Hollywood, can you explain that? I mean, I know you were tempted. I know the temptation came at you like crazy. You've told me stories, and I don't think you want to go into that here. It's whatever your comfort level is. But can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Uh, no. <laughs> We can keep that between us. It's all right, man.
5: No, it, it's... I, look, it's... Um, it, someone said to me one time, you know, you're in the world, you're not of the world. So, uh, I I wanted... You know, I, I always say I wanted to do the, the, the best films. Um, sometimes the best films aren't the ones that are going to make you the richest. Um, but in your heart, they do. Um, and... Um, It was um, I. I had a an encounter when I was nineteen years old. I was in a movie theater. Um, I had reached a point in my life where it was really, really low, and uh, I asked, I cried out to God to help me and to show me my purpose. I was in a theater. This presence came into the theater, and I felt as if I felt love everywhere. I felt like that I was God's only child, and and I realized how much He loved me. And the second part of it was I felt a peace, and I I'm telling you this story because if someone was to hear this, and you were in a low low place, like if you would thought that there was no hope in sight, there w- could have been a story where I would have taken my life. I would have stood next to God and he would have showed me what he had planned for me. And that was to play his son. How devastating that would have been. And so, you know, when you think of giving up, there's a great movie out there called It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it every year. Uh, In fact, I watch it more than I watch any of my movies. And I got to spend some time with Jimmy Stewart when I first came down here. And there's a scene there where he's in the bar and he says, God, if you're out there, please help me. And that was me. And the movie was just him saying, "I, I'm, my life is worthless. And then um, the angel came to him and said, OK, here's your life. Here's how many people you really affected. And so um, I wanted to take the films to affect people,
4: affect them in a good way, not infect them. You know, I I think a lot of my, that resonates with a lot of my audience as well. I think we've all been through that. I've been through a really tough time in my life and you've you've witnessed it, Jim. You've seen a lot of my, my trials and tribulations for the last 15 years. And I can always say you were always a, a dear friend to me during those times. And I really appreciate you, man. I really do. Um, I, I remember calling you from South Africa. I think I was in Cape Town.
5: And I called you. It was after your fight. And I was, you know, you know having a rough go and and i remember hearing you talk and you're you were speaking through a swollen skull a swollen yeah. skull i hear you talk you so uh just amazing and so sometimes when you think you got what you're going for you is is not great um i at that particular Um, Time, I was like, hey, things could be worse. You could be
4: talking through a swollen skull. (laughs) True. Jim, let's jump to the sound of freedom, man. This movie is amazing. And another controversial film, and I think this is going to be a pivotal film to change human consciousness forever. It's going to be a sword in the heart of the deep state and the way I see it. Can I ask you why you chose this role? why did you play why did you decide to play the man Tim Ballard? Why did you take on this role? It's so controversial almost as controversial as a passion. I still put the passion as the most controversial film you could have ever done because you played the man himself, but now you're playing Tim Ballard, a man that puts his life at risk to save children, and now you're putting your your Hollywood life at risk once again <clears throat> well before um um
5: i became um you know an actor i w- i played basketball all the time played every day and um as good as i was felt that i got i mean the pl- there are just players on levels that you can't imagine well you were one of those kind of players and you were li- you're a literally walking weapon people i don't even know re- i don't think a lot of your audience realize how uh, unbelievable fighter you were Um, I really like, you know, Scotty Pippen, um, Michael Jordan, um, that kind of level of, of a basketball player, but as a fighter, um, and, and so my weapon is, is acting and I have some great athleticism that was given to me. Um, and I did that game basketball for 18 years. Um, I, you know, could run um,
4: 108 quarters so that's a 432 mile um, You wanted to be a basketball ball player at first right that was your that was your dream correct or no I did. I'd go into a dark room
5: and I'd work on my dribbling um, and flip the lights out so I couldn't see anything and then you know I had um, I had multiple types of workouts that I would do to work on my uh, shooting um, free throws um one day during practice my coach um had us shoot free throws and then the rest of the practice was just me standing there hitting free throws i shot 164 in a row in in practice and then um and but is there were things i did that were really good but i remember going over uh, my um, my sister had a boyfriend he was a center for gonzaga todd franklin and todd got me in one of the games and um john stockton um was uh, i got to cover and he was covering me and i'm, I'm out of my league i mean that guy he realized it there i wanted even if i was uh, you know I, I was a very very good shooter i could create my shot extremely well and um come off picks extremely well and um and i worked with a lot of nba players you know when i was down here in hollywood i'd go to ucla men's gym and i work out with you know players lakers um and train them and and uh we would do uh, workouts and but i'd always challenge him i'd say boy you're not going to let some wussy actor beat you are you <laughs> and, and so i was a good sparring partner for, you know <laughs> equivalent yeah. to boxing with right. you or something if i and and so there were skills there but it, what it did was it really refined me for my uh, these auditions so i did not audition well and i uh, was in the middle during that time i was just almost get i was almost there at just any break and i was in the middle of the thin red line at the time and i think it was like 14 auditions and eventually i got it got the role that changed my life and everything and Terrence Malick said to me, he says, Jim, you know, he's the director of The Thin Red Line. And I end up being one of the main key characters in this movie. I played a guy named uh, Witt in it. And he said, you know, you know, a great I always talked about sports with um, Terry. And he'd say, you know, um, the, you know, baseball player, there's a particular pitch that he can hit that nobody else can hit you got to look for that pitch keep looking because that's the one you can drive deep and um, so don't you know there's a quality in you and don't avoid it so going to along the way I would look at different roles and movies and things like that and it might be a different accent but there was a quality in that a pitch a particular pitch in the scene like what frequency or
2: now
1: fighterflare.com. com,
5: something like that you know crying out mm-hmm. for his father uh stuff like that that i was able to access through that burning engine that i that hotter than but you would look real.
4: for moments in the script where you could really dig deep and shine right well
5: help you know what, when people go to the movie theater they're not just you know it's not a strip club with me. It's it's real love. <laughs> I can you know, You're gonna find you're gonna have fun, but it's gonna it's gonna be real fun. It's gonna be adventurous, and um, I, I forgot that guy uh, the, the 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 therapist. He says if you're looking for happiness in your life, you're making a big mistake because there's gonna be low points. There's gonna be depression. There's gonna be but look for adventure. Look for adventure, and um, so Tim Ballard. And Sound of Freedom was one hell of a venture. Um, Was it a huge risk on my life? Sure. But, you know, I adopted three beautiful children. And I saw the dangers that they were going through when I adopted them. And that begins a question. And you start thinking, oh, well, if that could happen to them, it could happen to other kids. And then you start realizing, what if I took my weapon? My Michael Jordan talent. See, I I believe we all have a Michael Jordan talent. You see, and that it, and I didn't know. That's why when I asked God, I said, I, "You're out there, uh, hey Lord, what is my purpose?" And He came to me and He said, "I'd like you to be an actor." Wow. Do you think I didn't say, "Me? Are you kidding me? I can't memorize lines. I can't. I can't do. I don't know anything about agents, manager. I didn't know anything about it." But if, but every night I went to bed. I'd like you to be an actor. It was like an indelible mark written on my soul and on my chest. And so I'd wake up. I'd like you to be an actor. So I was like, "What the heck?" I came to Hollywood. It took me ten years. I mean, I got little roles over the time, but but at least you know, if I had made it early on, Nino, you know, uh, I would not have been able to survive. Now, uh, I would not have developed. You know, it was like they. It was like playing baseball where. I was a great pitcher. And then I came to Hollywood and the the guy was jealous. He wanted to put his son in there. So he says, okay, go play outfield. And I I could have just bitched and said, "That's not," but I became the best outfielder. And then the other guy goes, Oh, he's everybody's going to watch him. And they moved me into another position. And then I dominated that position. (laughs) And then eventually there was no place they could put me on the field where I wasn't going to dominate. So I, I, uh, the good Lord, it, it, it uh, expanded my range. It, it, you had uh, endurance I, and tenacity. Languages. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could do the accents. I didn't know that I could. You know. Uh, you know. I don't think that. You know. The first thing I ever did was a comedy. I know you probably don't believe me on well, that. No, no, you.
4: I believe it. You call me on the phone sometimes with these impressions, and I'm just like, oh my gosh.
5: But. <laughs> but uh, but once you get that role, you know, then they, they only see you for those roles. You're no longer funny. You can't be funny anymore. So what you end up doing is when you do the movie, you find areas to lighten it up. Like when you watch sound of freedom, you're going to laugh your butt off. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna laugh. Yeah, it'll catch you at certain moments. And, and, um, it needs that there, a life is like that, you know, um, on the passion, we found that when I was with Mother Mary and I was walking out and and, and she had, um, um, I don't know, Mel said, try something. And I had water and, and she says, wash your hands. And I did. And I threw it in her face and then I reached over and I kissed her. So it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a funny moment. It was kind of it was a beautiful moment, actually. So in Sound of Freedom, you know, we look for those moments, too. And that role was high risk role nobody wanted it anyway so um but Tim Ballard wanted me he wanted me because of the passion and he wanted me because of the Count of Monte Cristo those were two of his favorite films and they didn't think I was you know our, our size height is different and everything he's a lot bl- more blonde than I am but
4: at, yeah that, I wasn't used to seeing you blonde in the movie though I was like oh, I was a little yeah. thrown off by that <laughs> yeah.
5: but, but it But it eventually, you know, it worked, and 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 then at that point, it's when you're uh, the the Tim Ballard, the the story, what I could do as far as a, a weapon to to bring this to the public to show what's going on, and when people say, "Oh, it's just too hard," and I said, "Can we can we not love God's children more than we fear evil?" And then to Christians, I said, can we not love Jesus more than we fear the cross? At some point, we're all going to die. Yeah. I mean, there's no getting out of that. Um, and so in this time that I have on this earth, and I learned this from great men like Jimmy Stewart, that try to get everything you can um, out of that. But first ask, you know, the Lord, hey, what's my purpose in this life? And he'll, he'll tell you. And the the point is is that I, I was going to say this earlier. Everybody has a Michael Jordan talent. Mike Mike I believe Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player that ever was. Hands down. And and so so I say Michael Jordan he was meant to do what he's what he did. Now we all have a talent. Maybe it's listening, maybe whatever, but but it it's what's my purpose? And once I found that purpose, then it was I I came to, into Hollywood, and then once the fame starts happening then it then it 's where the devil comes up to you and he offers you the kingdoms of the world if you will just prostrate yourself before him and i i wouldn 't hurt him i i couldn 't do that so
4: Look, uh, let me ask you this right now tim like, i mean Jim not Tim. how did you get into that psyche to play that role because that was a very to me a very that, that had to be very. Difficult, very disturbing. Uh, you have to put yourself in that mindset. Uh, you know, there was one part in the movie where you're, like, watching film of a child being, um, how do I put this for YouTube, uh, 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 taken over by a, a, an adult. Um, and, you, and I saw in the movie you had a tear going down your eye uh, from your cheek down your cheek when you were watching this particular scene or, or video in the movie. Dude, how did you endure that? Like, that's that to me, it was like what had to be the most difficult, um, you know, part of playing this role, playing Tim, is having to get inside his psyche and and see the things you that he saw in your mind. How did you do that? How did you put yourself into that role? I, I spent, I read the script. The screenplay
5: was phenomenal. Then I go to the actor, the, the, Tim Ballard, and listen to him. Asking questions. One of the things he said to me was, "I can't keep guys that long. You know, um, they—they, I mean, these guys have seen the hardest of the hard stuff, and I can't keep guys that long." What and do
4: you mean leave, they can't keep guys that long? Like on the job, they want to quit because of of
5: what you see with right. the children. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, but but well, hold on here now. I'm not here to hurt children. I'm here to help them. Right. So I gotta, I got to be able to coat myself with something that's going to be able to, in other words, what a ch- when a child is screaming, um, do I shut down or do I go over there and destroy the evil to protect that child? That's what I do. I don't think it being very noble to go, oh, I'll put my head in the sand and allow that child to suffer so i it goes to deep place with me prayer i go i um i go to mass regularly i pray the rosary and i ask that um the holy spirit guides me to ask questions where might go and then i started going uh to other agents that i knew for a long long time now um Timid said something to me about agents that have, have been hardened, that have seen, you know, war and different things. And, um, but the children, you can never get used to that one. Um, and I think it's natural that way because they're the most innocent, the most like God of all beings on this earth, children. Knows, you know, they're innocent. And so, um, I, um, you know, I'd worked on other movies and I had great agents that had, um, that trusted me and that, you know, I, that it probably had showed me things that I wasn't supposed to see early on in my, uh, career. And those guys, um, I went, you know, back to and I asked them about Tim, do you know this guy, Tim Ballard? And, you know, just making sure this all checked out. And then, um, and I went deeper deeper into it and so that then then obviously without going into it it, i saw things i couldn't believe and it broke my heart and did uh, you see real footage jim yeah like things wow so you had to really watch that stuff it wasn't intentional it was searching it was going through it with good uh, men that had been down there and then it was like what's that and then it was like are you sure you want to see and mm-hmm. no, I don't want to see it, but I was like, oh, go ahead.
4: So, you watched these heinous acts on video? You had to watch them to put yourself into this role?
5: It uh, wasn't my intention, right. just where it went. And then it was mm-hmm. uh, weeping. And then it was, um, it took me two years to come off this movie. So, what happened was after that, and then I was talking to Tim, and when he went into the organ harvesting, that completely verified the stuff that I saw. And you know, you you and I both know guys that are involved in, in this. My whole purpose of this was that, that these whistleblowers would finally start coming forward. And the more people that watch this movie, it's going to shine a light on it, and it won't be one whistleblower. Because that whistleblower that comes forward, his life's in danger. This Again, they don't want you to see this film. But the more people that see this film it, what's going to happen is going to lift the massive awareness, and then the film. My prayer is that when the the whistleblower watches this movie, he's going to go. I don't care about death anymore. I know what I know, and I'm not afraid any longer. And um, so the, the there was a value of that that I had seen the and wasn't written this way. So in the movie, there's a scene where. And we don't uh, show you this. But I said, I had, it's an Alfred Hitchcock thing, you know, um, taking you to the edge without, you know, psychologically getting you prepared to think that you're going to see something, but you don't actually see it. You're, but your soul sees it. Mm-hmm. So I kept thinking the soul. And then what I uh, asked in the middle of the take, um, I didn't want to. Ask Alejandro, the director, this. So I went to our DP and I said, "Just go with me on this take." So I, anytime I, I always give the director everything he wants, and then I just said, "I'm going to try something." So I grabbed the computer, like where I'm right here, and I moved it to get into my eyeball. And then you, in this photo, fo- in this video, the 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 man goes up this child, but I can't show that. But I can show it in my ir- iris, in my mm. and the reflection. The- Yes, and then you hear in the uh, the audio, um, we muffle it, the muffle the sound. Oh. And, and so you see it, and, and it's kind of hard to understand what's going on, but you know what's going on. And that's when the eye, and then I would just hear this um, screaming in my head from what I had already seen. Mm. The screaming is the hardest part to me because you can close your eyes. And this is where sound has feel i mean you can actually feel it in your body and um and so but i kept thinking i i want to take you guys down i'm going to use my weapon my purpose in this life is to end you you're done you're absolutely over with and then that came from the biblical line: "Better that a millstone be hung around your neck, that you be cast into the sea, that you should ever hurt one of these little ones." Now, this is a line from Jesus; wasn't written in the in the script, and we added that in 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 the story. And the when you witnessed uh, the screening, there were fifteen hundred people in the audience, and they were um, saw that heard that line, and there was a huge cry out. You know, so you see. of the Christians, they know that line. Mm -hmm. And I got that line from another movie. And you know the movie. And I won't say the word. But in that movie, where they said this particular word, I'd say 9% of the audience screamed out laughing. Once I found out what that word is, once I found out, what, and you know what I'm talking about, C nine H nine N O three. Look up that. Mm. That's the compound.
4: Good way to put it. Good way to put it.
5: Once I saw that, I said we got to have ours. And we, I put that line in there from scripture. And again, that goes from the prayer. That goes from the, the uh, weapon which is burns in me. You know, there's a one thing I love about the Bible. When I, I, when I see Tim Ballard in this story, he reminds me of david before he was a king when he was a boy i don't know if you know this but there was this prophet his name was jeremiah and he was told by god that out of this man's home okay one of these boys is going to be the head of israel he's going to be a whole king of israel so jeremiah knocks at the guy's door meets with him says hey oh and the man knows that this is jeremiah he's a very famous prophet and he's going to, and he tells them, one of your sons is going to be the king of Israel. Oh. So he has a huge feast, dinner, everything. And all his boys are d- dressed up to the dines. They've got the gold bracelets on, their necklaces, earrings, and they d- dress to the dines. So he meets and he prays and he talks to each one of these boys, spends some time with each one. Finally, after, I don't know, there was like maybe seven or eight boys. And he says, none of these boys will be the head of Israel by chance do you have another son and the father's just seething and he goes yeah some sheep herder out back and he doesn't like this son so his only his father didn't rejected him and it was david that's your name Wow. and i my son is david and david he's a sheep herder out back and he meets with them and this man has the has and 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 that that and and this david he loved God so much that he eventually, the you know the Philistines were taking over everything, and the 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 Hebrews were running for their lives, and they ran up to the high ground, and they locked in, and so the head Philistine Goliath says, "I know if these people love their God, they will defend him." So he said all of these horrible things about God. He was screaming him out. Goliath was, and David couldn't take it. He's only 16 years old and he runs up to the top of the mountain. He's talking to the leaders and he says, listen to me. When I go down there and kill this son of a bitch, you're going to come around and and annihilate the rest of them. He couldn't take, he didn't care if he died. He didn't want his father to be dishonored. This father who loved him, see his own father rejected his own biological father, but this father loved him. And this father, he he wanted to protect, and so I know that God loves us. If you find that in your life, but I want to love Him and I want to show Him I love Him, and that's why uh, that's how I united to David to uh, to David, and how um, maybe to you as well, and then also to um, Tim Ballard in many of the roles that these guys are, you know, in the world by the world standard are 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 looked down upon but um but they're but they're worth um dying for and then and david went down and took that stone and how can you imagine that god that was like this boy would rather die so god guided his stone as he guided mine in the industry and he guided tim ballards and he guided us in this film and so this is a film they don't want you to say because there's going to be a stone you throw in your 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 life, like David, where you're going to meet your Goliath, but you're not going to be afraid any longer.
0: Mm.
4: That's beautiful, uh, Jim. I'm going to call it right there, brother. I appreciate you coming on the Sound of Freedom, folks. July Fourth, July Fourth. Um, Absolutely, go ahead. I just want to tell you that
5: um, uh, we're right now up against it. Um, we're running, you know, this is a film that they don't want you to see. And so we're trying to get more screens and, and what'll end up happening is, um, the screens will be sold out. We're selling out pretty quick here, but we don't have enough screens. So we're coming up against a wall and what'll happen is, is you'll bring your family. Um, and like me, I, I just show up on the day and I buy the ticket, Well, on this one, it would really help if you bought the ticket now because, um, they'll end up putting in more screens, which will only further the cause. See the, 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 the bigger we are, that means the media has to deal with us. That means they have to deal with it. And then also it, it gives the courage to these whistleblowers to end this. I mean, it is shit. There's no other way to describe it. It's worse than that. Uh, and uh so this is the worst the worst of all holocaust there ever was we're living in it right now and with our media you'd think we'd know all about it but they don't they don't want you to know about it so um but uh i really appreciate your time david did you uh lead us out in prayer in the passion of the christ I, I say a prayer um, that is from King David. Rise to my defense, O Lord, protect me against my enemies. Hausi no oti abui. Kuma bezerati. Shamreni mere shetasher taminu alai. Akhashaya nashe adenai. Akhashiti ka tahti. Aba kuliteke ho henkeel kossi etemini, mini. Okeen my commandment to you, my brothers and sisters, is you love one another as I have loved you. So you love one another. May God love you, keep you, and guide you all the days of your lives. Thank you.
4: Jim brother, I love you. I'll be calling you after this. Thank you for stopping by Nino's Corner. I'll be putting this up a fluff tube. I don't think this needs any editing to be honest. So I think we did good. I was praying All right. Jim, I love you, man. I'll be keeping in touch with you. Everyone too, get babe. out and see the sound of freedom. Buy your tickets. I'm gonna put the links down below in the description. Share this uh this uh video like wildfire folks. Let's let's get this going. Let's go it. Let's do your part. Everyone do your part. Thank you, Jim.